Today on Moody Presents with Mark Joe. Witness of the blood, the witness of the water, and the witness of the spirit, and the evidence of loving each other and walking in obedience, that's what gives us the evidence that you are truly an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, because there's a witness to us that we are a follower of Christ. Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger with a question for you. What's the ultimate test in life? Ultimate, I mean, how would you define that? It's the test, by the way, that doesn't offer a redo or another shot. Answer, the ultimate test in life is about where you're going to spend eternity. Now, if you're an authentic follower of Jesus, there's gonna be evidence in your life. And in 1 John, these are all very clearly outlined, almost with a highlighter. So over the next few minutes, Pastor Mark is gonna help us understand how to have a rekindled love for Christ and really know that you're a child of God. Let's get started. Walk the ways of God and obey God. Why? Because you love Him. It all revolves around loving God. And this is what John tells us. John says, hey, the way that you know you're believers, you love, you, you, you love other people by loving God and carrying out His commands. And this is love for God. You want to know how much you love God? You say, Pastor, I wish I had a thermostat that told me how much I love God. I can tell you today how to figure out how much you love God. You wanna hear it? Here's what it says. This is love for God to obey His commands. If you're not obeying God and your life doesn't show that you're following and obeying His ways, then you really don't love God that much. You say, well, no, pastor, see, I come in the worship time, and when the music's going and people are raising their hands, I just really get into it. I go, oh, Jesus, I love you, and I love you, God, and I just feel like I love him so much. But then you go out and you sleep with your boyfriend, you go get high, you get a little clubbing, a little dancing, cheat, lie, and this, but you say, I really love God. No, you don't. You love a feeling that you get around the things of God but you really don't love God. Because if you loved God, you would obey His commands. Oh, I need to say that again. I need to say that again. Some guy comes to me and says, I love my wife. I love her, Pastor. I mean, we've been married for 20 years. I love that woman. But, you know, I found this other girl, you know, she's 15 years younger. We got this thing going on and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to support my wife financially anymore. I want to move in with this girl. I want to leave her. I want to divorce her, but I love her. No, you don't. You don't love her. Stop saying you love her. Because if you loved her, you'd be committed to her. Walk with her. Be faithful to her. You would show it by your actions. Don't tell me you love them and not follow through. Listen, you say, I love my kids. Listen, a lot of parents do. But, but, but if you say you love your kids, but you spend no time, you don't support them, you're not involved in your life, you don't take energy to do anything for them, you love the feeling of having kids, but you don't love your kids. So let's make it clear here. Do you really love your kids or do you love the feeling of having kids? Because there's a difference there. 
And so what God is saying is, you want to see how much people love me? They will show it by how much they obey me. That's how we measure how much people love God is by obedience. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means that you're obeying the commands. You, and, and if I want to obey God, how do I know what, how to follow God? How do I know? The Bible, the Word of God. So if I love God, I'm going to love His Word. I'm going to study His Word because I want to know what He says. I want Him to speak to me because I want to follow Him. And so people that love God love the Word of God. People that love God try to bend their life to match up with God's standards. People that love God are serious about how they walk, not just on Sunday, but Monday through uh, Saturday as well. People that love God care about how they live and care about how they talk and care about how they walk. Why? Because they love God and they want to please God. And so they're looking at how they live their life because they love God. I once in a while run into people and they say, Pastor, I want to follow God. But man, is, is it hard? Whoa. There's a lot of stuff that I can't do. You know, I can't swear like I used to. I can't cheat like I used to. I can't party like I used to. I can't, you know, I, 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 you know, I have to be patient with my wife. I got to forgive people. I can't fly off the handle. I mean, all these rules. I got to try to go to church. I got to try to tie. I mean, whoa, I don't think I'm ready for that. It's too much. Then I'm going to tell you something. You got it all wrong. Jesus said his commands are not burdensome. Let me tell you why. Because when you love someone, you naturally do the things you're supposed to do, not because there's a rule book that you're following, but because you love them. If you love them, you want to spend time. If you come to me and say, Pastor, if I'm a Christian, do I have to come to church every Sunday? Like, seriously? No, no, no. You shouldn't be asking that question. You should be saying, man, I love God. I want to be with the people of God. I want to worship. I'm hungry for the word. I enjoy it. Pastor, do I have to show up when they're like singing songs? Do I have to show up early? Can I just come for the teaching? No, no. If you love God, you want to worship God. It's like, well, I've dealt with, I've married probably hundreds of couples since I've been a pastor for a long time. Most newlywed couples that are googie-eyed for one another, I don't have to say now. You got to spend time together. You know, you, you got to tell each other nice things. You got to hang out. You got to have fun together. Hey, you got to have sex together. Remember that. Don't forget it. Put it in your calendar. I've never had to tell a newlywed couple, hey, have sex together. Put it in your calendar just in case you forget. <laughs> I've never had a newlywed young guy say, oh, man, do I really have to? I mean, I love her, but do I have to, you know... All right, I guess I will. No, no, no. You love her, you want to. Now, I've had a lot of couples where their relationship breaks down. And now they've been married 25 years and they've built up walls. It becomes burdensome. Why is it burdensome? It's become burdensome because you've let that sense of commitment and love go away. When you love someone, you naturally start doing what's right because you love them. You're not following a list of rules. 
You don't say, well, Pastor Matt said, you know, feed my kid, tuck him in it. When you love him, you want to spend time. You want to protect. You want to guard. You want to. When you love God, people shouldn't be forcing you to try to live for God. Because when you love God, you want to live for God. You want more of him. You want to please him, follow him, worship him, get into the word. Why? Because you love God. And that's why Jesus said it's not burdensome when you really love God. It's only burdensome when you stop loving God and you love yourself more than you love God or it's a religion to you, not a relationship, then it becomes burdensome. Uh, some people fall into religion and they say, what do I have to do to make it into heaven? All right, I guess I'll show up to church. I guess I'll try not to drink as much. I guess I'll try not to swear as much. I guess I'll try not to do this. I guess if I'm going to be right with the man upstairs, I guess I got to do this. You got it all wrong, though, because if you loved him and you were full of the Holy Spirit, it wouldn't be so hard. You would just do it because a lot of it would just come naturally. And that's why Jesus said, Jesus said, my commandments are not burdensome. Jesus said all the rules and regulations that the scribes and Pharisees put were heavy in, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 4. But in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, Jesus said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Verse 4 says, For everyone that's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And here's the thing. You say, I want to live for God, but it's hard. And granted, I'm not saying that living for God in this world is not hard because you have to die to yourself. Listen, you can't truly, authentically choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ without it being painful to yourself. Because yourself is going to say, get your own way. Yourself is going to say, I'm not going to humble myself and ask for forgiveness. Yourself does not want to do what the Spirit wants. Yourself wants to please itself. But the question is, will you live by yourself, by the flesh, or will you live by the Spirit? And if you say, well, I don't know, it seems so hard, this is what John says. For everyone that's born of God, if the Spirit of God lives inside of you and you are truly born of God, listen to me, this is huge. You overcome the world. Why? Because the Spirit inside of you is greater than the Spirit that's in the world. So... He says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. The force inside of you is greater than the force in the world trying to lead you. You have a power inside of you that's greater than the power outside of you trying to make you go the wrong way. It's called the Holy Spirit of the Almighty God living in you. Someone better get excited about that. Because that's the power of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. How is the world overcome? By our faith. It means that you believe. You see, faith is the vehicle upon which all the good things of God travel to us. Salvation comes through faith. Answers to prayer come through faith. Your strength comes through faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is trusting God is what it is. You don't have faith in faith, you have faith in God. Spurgeon said, 
a great English preacher that lived quite a while back, he says, it doesn't merely mean to believe, but to trust, to confide in, to commit to, to entrust with, and so forth. It's the idea of I'm trusting God. I just had a conversation with my bro a brother that stopped me in the hallway who's going through a tough time. And he says, you know what? I'm learning through this that I can trust God. That's faith. So the first evidence of being a follower of Jesus Christ is that you're going to love and you're going to obey his commands because you're going to love God and obey him. You're going to walk in obedience to him. The second evidence of being a follower of Jesus Christ is this. It tells us in verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? The second evidence is what I call the three witnesses. The three witnesses. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You can't overcome the world if you're not truly a Christian and the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you. This is the one who came, talking about Jesus, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. For there are three, say three with me, there are three that testify. It's like there's three witnesses in your life and three witnesses that were in Jesus' life that give evidence that you are a follower of God. Three. And these three are in agreement. And he lists the three in verse 8. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Now what does the Spirit, the water, and the blood mean? More about this evidence in a moment. But first, I'd like to tell you about the many resources available at our website, moodypresents.org. First and foremost, you can listen to today's program or any of our broadcasts again. At your convenience, on your schedule, listen to Moody Presents whenever you like at moodypresents.org. You can also download an MP3. Very handy. And, you know, maybe a particular message or even an entire series is something you'd like to share with a friend. You can do that at moodypresents.org. Org. Also, sign up for our podcast. That's there. A way for you to support us financially and make sure that we're here in the future sharing this great Bible-centered teaching all at moodypresents.org. Click on resources as well to get you rooted in Jesus all there at our website, moodypresents.org. Now, back to today's teaching segment. Here's Pastor Mark. There are three things that are witnesses that you are truly a follower of Jesus Christ. He says they were true in Jesus, and now they're true in you. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Uh, some people have, thought, have said, well, maybe it was at his crucifixion when they put the spear in Jesus' side, water and blood came out. That, that really doesn't make sense for this passage. A passage that explains it a little bit is John chapter 3 verse 5 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So listen to me. I believe the three witnesses that he's talking about, water over and over in Scripture is symbolized by cleansing and the waters of baptism. 
Jesus was baptized when he was about uh, 30 years old or so. As a sign. He didn't need cleansing, but as a sign in his humanity for us. It symbolizes cleansing. Blood has to do with the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. There is no way that you can be saved or a follower of Jesus without experiencing the forgiveness that comes through the blood of Jesus. That's why we took of communion today. The only way that you and I are clean is because Jesus died for us and his blood was sprinkled on us and we receive it through faith. And thirdly, the Spirit. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth that testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. So listen to me. There are three witnesses that speak to your life. The first question you have to ask yourself is, have I been under the blood? What blood? The blood of Jesus. Have I come to a point where I bowed my knee and said, come blood of Jesus and wash me and cleanse me because I have no power to cleanse myself. I need you to pay the price. Have you come under the blood? That's the first testimony. When you've come under blood, that's a witness to you that you are a child of God. The second question is, have you come under the waters of baptism? Now, baptism doesn't save you, but baptism testifies to your salvation. It means that you've gotten so serious about God and what's happened in your life that you are publicly willing to take a step of obedience and go into the water and come out of the water showing I'm, my old self is gone, my new self has come. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you've never had the courage, the guts, the determination, the obedience to get baptized, then maybe your faith is not strong enough because the Bible talks about the witness of the water. Jesus did it, the apostles did it, John the baptizer did it. It's part of what every believer should do is take the waters of baptism. So have you come under the blood? The blood, the fact that you've given your life to Jesus testifies is a witness that you are a child of God. Have you come under the water? The waters is a witness of baptism, of cleansing, of willing to go public and count the, to count the cost. And have you been under the Spirit? The Spirit is the Holy Spirit that comes inside of you when you become a Christian. And the Spirit gives inner witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. It's like the whisper, the inner witness. Old believers used to call it the inner witness. It's a witness inside saying, you're my child. You're my child. You're a believer. You're my child. So you say, well, pastor, am I a believer? How do I know that? Well, have you come under the blood? Have you come under the water? And do you have the inner witness? And do you love God and follow his commands? Just coming to an altar call and praying a prayer with me, that doesn't save you. I just want to be clear about that. That opens the door to salvation. That invites you to come to God. But I have no idea how serious you are about it, how much faith you have, and if you've counted the cost. I'm inviting you to do that. But I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't get in your heart and know that. I invite people to give their life to Jesus, but it's the witness of the blood, the witness of the water, and the witness of the Spirit, and the evidence of loving each other and walking in obedience. That's what gives us the evidence 
that you are truly an authentic follower of Jesus Christ because there's a witness to us that we are a follower of Christ. And he ends up with this, and this is what I'll end up with as well. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And he says, these three testify in agreement. They're all testifying to the same thing, that you're a child of God. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it's the testimony of God. The water, the blood, and the Spirit are God's testimony. It's God's witness that we have come to Him, which, it, which He has given about His Son. Anyone who believes in the Son has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made Him out to be a liar because He has not believed the testimony that God has given about His Son. Verse 11, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I'll close with this. The bottom line is the only way that you can truly be a child of God and make it into the kingdom of God is if you have the, the Son of God in your life. It's Jesus who gives you eternal life. You don't have Jesus, you don't have life. You could have a Bible. You could have a church chair. You could have a hymn book. You'd have a lot of things. You don't have Jesus, you don't have life. How do I know I have Jesus? I look for the three witnesses. Have I been under the blood? Have I been under the water? And do I have the inner witness of the Spirit? Am I loving people? And how do I know if I'm loving people? Because I'll love God and I obey His commands. That's the grid. That's the test. And if today you say to me, Pastor, I don't think I can pass the test then I would really get serious about checking my life in God. This is one test you don't want to fail. Now there's a lot of tests that maybe you get a second shot at. There's a lot of tests that this is one test when, when the curtain is called, when your life is done, there's no second chance. You don't get, to, you don't get a redo on this one. And so you want to make sure that I know Jesus. I'm under the blood. I'm under the water. I have the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have taken a, a step to follow Jesus Christ, but you've never gotten baptized. Listen, if you've never gotten baptized, you should. Because it's another witness, another testimony that goes in agreement with the blood and the Spirit that says, yes, you're willing to take this step. Come under the power of God to say I want to be an authentic follower. I love life in Jesus. I know not because I'm a pastor, not because my good works outweigh my bad works, but I know that the moment that I die, I don't fear death. I don't look at the other side with judgment and I hope I make it. No, no, no. I know I've made it. You say, well, Pastor, aren't you, is that a little presumptuous? I mean, it sounds a little proud, right? No, no, no. I have no pride in how I've made it because it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Jesus. Everything to do with the work of Jesus. It's all about Jesus, but I know that I've placed my trust in Him and I have the inner witness. 
And so when I look at when I look at the eternity, I don't look with fear. I look with yeah. When my time has come, Lord, let it come. I have full confidence, not in Mark Job. I have full confidence in Jesus Christ and the work that he has done. Our thanks to Pastor Mark Job, our teacher here on Moody Presents. And before we let you go, we really want you to have this same confidence that Pastor Mark is talking about with these three witnesses anchored deep into your heart. So ask yourself, I dare you, have you been under the blood, under the waters, and the witness of the Holy Spirit? You know, if anything there is fuzzy, anything is missing, I invite you to pray with me right now if you'd like to know for sure that you're headed for heaven. Know for sure that Jesus is in charge of your life as your Savior. It's a Bible word. It means in charge, your rescuer. So let's pray together if this is the desire of your heart. Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you now confessing, admitting that I've messed up. I am a sinner. And I believe that you died for me on the cross to pay for my wrongdoing. And now I invite you to be in charge of all that I am from this day forward. And I want to repent to turn away from all of this junk in my life, this sinning that I've done. Would you help me, Jesus? Amen. You know, if you just prayed that prayer or are still thinking about it, we really encourage you to visit our website, moodypresents.org. Up in the upper right-hand corner of the page, click on How to Know Christ. There's a short video there from our teacher, Mark Job that makes it all very, very clear. Moodypresents.org. Go to the upper right-hand corner of the page. Click on How to Know Christ. Thanks for doing that. Well, our time is gone. I'm John Geiger saying thanks so much for listening and inviting you back next week for another broadcast we call Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.